It's one thing to say that you believe in Jesus and that you go to church and you do these things, but it's another thing to actually follow and live your life as if Jesus were living through you. Find out more about this kind of living on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Inverse. We're looking at the, the role of stewardship in this, in this larger quarter of stewardship itself. So we're going to have a word of prayer, and uh, Callie, can you start us off with prayer? Ask the Lord to help us in this episode, because we're going to need a lot of, of the Holy Spirit in this one. Absolutely. And uh, let's get into the Word. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege of knowing you, and thank you that you desire to send your Holy Spirit for us to understand these things. Lord, we don't know all the answers, but you do. And so I pray that your Holy Spirit would be here and guide us in this conversation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Israel, can you read first, uh, when you read first, comma, Colossians uh, <laughs> chapter 1, verse 16 yes. through 18. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and, vis- and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Yeah, super easy question. What's that verse really (laughs) talking about? Just put that in normal language for for the first time who may be reading this. What's Paul really trying to get at? Without historical context and without the theological implications, what's that verse talking about? Yeah, very simply, Jesus is the originator. He holds, I love that, by him all things consist. Mm. He's the glue of the universe Mm -hmm. that holds everything together, that gives everything meaning, that gives everything purpose. And Mm -hmm. I think that as we frame that text and what we've been talking about with stewardship, everything begins with Jesus. He is the one who brought everything into existence and he entrusts certain responsibilities Mm -hmm. to us to be his Mm -hmm. stewards. Mm How about you, the rest of you guys? Uh, what do we see in those two, in those, uh, two verses, three verses yeah. that just really pops out at you? Israel. Jesus is not only, what stuck out to me is he's not only the beginning, he's not only the end, but he's everything. Mm. It mm-hmm. says like all things were made by him or they were made through him. And it says they were also made for him, right? So it's like Jesus makes the universe and he makes it for himself. It's for his pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that really stuck out to me, how, how involved and entrenched Jesus is in this doctrine of, of stewardship, of what we, what we behold. What so we can we say from this first, and we look at how God created the world, that when we say God created the world, it was actually Jesus that created the whole world. He's the one that spoke things in, into existence. He's the one that's shaping the nostrils of, of Adam and stuff. And he's the, yeah? Well, it says in verse 15, verse you know, 15. he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Mm-hmm. It's speaking clearly about Jesus mm-hmm. and it's saying that Jesus is here the creator he made all things were created by him mm-hmm. and they were created for him mm-hmm. and so jesus clearly according to this text is the creator and he created his creation mm-hmm. for his delight for his purpose for his you know glory for mm-hmm. his now everything his, that you, that you guys said i mean i totally agree that's what the bible says and we're all we're all nodding our heads yeah that's that's awesome but 
How much of that is that really in our experience? Like, for example, we say that Jesus is all, mm -hmm. but this whole quarter we've been looking at stewardship, and we've been looking at giving, the mechanics of it, the the, the system of it, the the meaning behind it, the the, the the motive, everything about it. But it could be that end, at the end of the day, we do all these things and we do it for without Jesus in the yeah. picture. Mm -hmm. We'll go to Jared and then Israel. Yeah, in the last session, um, we were talking about um, this woman who presented everything. Mm -hmm. And she, she did so out of a heart of gratitude. She did it out of love. I think her motives were very clear. Mm -hmm. And I think over time, if you don't have that experience, Jesus is lost, mm. um, and it becomes a mechanical thing, it, it becomes a legal thing, yes. it becomes routine, and I think we miss the blessing in that. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that we should not be faithful to God in the things that He's entrusted to us, our finances and other things, just out of feeling. There's going to come times in our experience where we don't feel it, and we act on, on principle mm -hmm. anyway, and we should do that. but. Um, being mindful um, and intentional, intentional about about our motives and, and keeping. And Jesus I like that. Sometimes it's our, our habits will carry us through those times where we don't feel like it, and yeah. that's not a bad thing. It's mm -hmm. not the ideal thing either, but it's that we're going to talk about in our, in our next lesson. But um, but it is it, it needs to be centered in Christ. Yeah, mm -hmm. Kelly, you were going to say something. I think Israel. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Israel. Yeah. And I will. You. Well, you <laughs> know, After Kelly. Yeah. yeah. If that's okay with you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I when when. Thanks, Israel, and then Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You appreciate that, Kyle. <laughs> so, um, when you the the text here, it, it starts off by focusing on Christ, mm -hmm. right? And Jesus, He's the Creator. Everything is made for Him by Him. 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 Mm -hmm. And then, actually, we're brought into the equation in verse 18. It okay. says, and he, speaking of Jesus, is the head of the body. Mm -hmm. And so now we're introduced to Christ's role in our lives, our role in Christ's lives. Here's what, in Christ's life, this is where we're intersecting. Mm -hmm. And so I think what, when we're dealing with the topic of stewardship and Jesus, Jesus and, 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 and I am connected we're connected together. And here it says that Jesus is the head. In other words, the life of Jesus was an example for us to follow. Mm -hmm. And so as we look at how Christ approached stewardship, mm -hmm. and as we approach stewardship in the same way, mm -hmm. what's actually happening is we are experiencing and exercising Christ-likeness, mm -hmm. right? And so there is the Christ-like element of stewardship as we are stewards the way Christ was a steward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. And Kelly, can you read that for us? Hebrews... Hebrews is in the New Testament. And pass all the T's. All the T's. And go to chapter 4 <laughs> and read for verse 14 through 16. 14 through 16. And if you guys are watching online or on TV or satellite, open your Bibles. I mean, we're, it takes time for us to get there. So instead of staring at the TV and watching us awkwardly get through it, open your Bible or get it on your phone or whatever you got to do. Anyway, chapter 4, verse 14. By now, you should have found it. If you don't, we'll be praying for you. Verse 14. <laughs> Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. 
Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mm -hmm. This is like an awesome passage. You know, we are Christians should be all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. But it's very interesting how many Christians when asked the question, well, what is Jesus doing right now? I don't know. I mean, it's just you know, <laughs> blank face. According to this passage, he's, what is going on in Jesus' life right now? And he's alive right now. He's upstairs right now. What's going on, Jared? Yeah, he has come and given his life for us. Mm -hmm. After that, he uh, ascended to heaven, and he represents us as our mediator between a holy God and sinful man. And in the sanctuary in heaven, he dispenses grace to us and um, transforms. So he's not upstairs power. on some cloud, and he's playing the harp, and he's just, just waiting to come back. Waiting to come back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said a lot there. So break that down a little bit. And and, and some verses here, uh, according to for, for, verse 14 through 16. What what is this heavenly sanctuary? Without just give us a, give a little bit more background than that. Jesus is a identified here as a high priest, mm -hmm. meaning that that takes us back to the Old Testament mm -hmm. uh, sanctuary structure where God's people interacted with uh, God through the medium of this high priest. The high priest, one of his jobs was to intercede for the people, mm -hmm. you know, on behalf of God. Mm -hmm. And actually what this text is saying is that that human being who was interceding for the people was a uh, symbol symbolizing what Christ actually does in reality. Mm -hmm. And so what uh, we're finding here in the book of Hebrews is that our priest is not someone who is hanging out here on earth, and Jesus is not just hanging out in heaven, but actually Jesus is himself our high priest. And he's not on vacation in heaven, he's not hanging out with the lions and the elephants, but he's actually uh, playing the role, he's playing the role of the high priest. So he's let's look at, look at even deeper, you guys mentioned interceding. Kelly, um, define what does interceding give, uh, or the meaning give there? So interceding is speaking on behalf of. Okay. So Jesus is speaking to a holy God, as Jared was saying, on behalf of sinful man. So we are sinful, we are fallen in sin, we cannot be good enough by ourselves, mm -hmm. but Jesus is good enough. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is the good enough for us mm -hmm. to God. And it's beautiful because there's a, a lot of people who believe that another human being stands mm -hmm. in to intercede, yeah. who may be alive right now, or may be dead, and in some yeah. Yeah. weird version is interceding on our behalf. And, but the Bible says Jesus. Yeah, yeah. and I think kind of in that, in that vein, in the last verses in Colossians, what sticks out to me actually is okay. that Jesus is better than everything. So he is the preeminence, right? He is the firstborn of the creation. So he is everywhere and has everything holding together, but he's better than everything he's holding together. Mm -hmm. So here it shows us in, in Hebrews 4, right? Jesus can relate to us. Jesus does understand temptation. Jesus does understand going through the hardships, but Jesus is still the high priest. Mm -hmm. So he's not our equal. He's taking our place, mm -hmm. but he's not our equal. Mm -hmm. He's better mm -hmm. than us. I love that, that, that Jesus is taking, is, I mean, the whole point of Hebrews is that Jesus is so much better yeah, so much better. Yeah. Rather than the Old Testament system, do we have a better system rather than cows and oxes and, and sheep and <laughs> Jesus is better. And I would say even in today's context, better than a human being, Jesus is 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 better. Yeah. 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 Um what now connect and it says this why verse. He's better. he's better not only be, he's better because he's not only God, he's not only human, but he is human and he's God both. at the same time. Yeah. So connect this now to stewardship. The reality of Jesus in heaven and stewardship. If, if Jesus is in heaven, yes. and if he is our high priest, yes. if he is our intercessor, yes. if he is seeking to get the junk out of my life by the, the power of his Holy Spirit and prepare me personally for the day when he's going to return in power and glory, what am I doing with my time? 
-hmm. How am I allowing him to interrupt me in my daily flow of survival and selfishness and trying to make sure my needs are met? I mean, this it really comes down to just as, as the high priest did his daily work, the earthly high priest, in preparing throughout the whole Jewish year for this, this one day in which sin was put away and, and, and repentance. And, and they knew that that high priest was inside the tabernacle doing this work of judgment. Mm. Are we mindful of that? How are we, mm. how are we stewards with our lives and our opportunities, mm-hmm. knowing yeah. that one day Jesus is going to return and I'm going to have to give an account? And not, it's not just about fear of, of having to give an account. Mm. It's also Jesus in his love and his mercy seeking to do all of these things to us and, and arrest our our attention. And then yeah. what is the heart's response? We've looked yeah. at that before, but... Kelly? I say, I just love that as he's a high priest, as he's doing these things for us and his holiness, like, he's still relatable. Mm. So it's not that we come to Jesus saying, Jesus, I'm struggling with this. And he's like, why? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Jesus understands what it's like to be tempted. Mm-hmm. And so it says we can boldly come to his throne. <laughs> come to his throne. That was a combination of throne and grace. Come to his throne <laughs> to find grace and help in time of need. Yeah. So when we are struggling with those things, when we're having those that, you know, that fear maybe or that uncomfortable, like, oh, I have to give an account, like going to Jesus, not just at the end, like, oh, I need to be judged now, but Jesus, I need you to help me right now. Mm-hmm. I need you to help me overcome and to give me that grace right now mm-hmm. at your throne. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. We have a heavenly high priest upstairs on who's interceding on our behalf. This is a, this is a heavenly reality that needs to be an earthly reality. We're going to delve more into this subject after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, guys. We're talking about this, this reality that, that Jesus is in heaven. Like, when I realized this truth, that Jesus is up in heaven, I don't know, there's something about, like, Jesus, and he died on the cross, and, and praise the Lord for that, and, and he took care of our sins, but I always thought he was still dead, you know, and, and yeah. we're in our services, our memorial services, but right. him being a living Savior, and I always got the Easter thing and a resurrection, but he's alive now. Mm-hmm. And so even as we're recording and you're watching the show, like, there is a reality going on. And how we live our lives should reflect that reality. You yeah. know, that's, that's it's yeah. a profound, sobering thought. And I think that his what he's doing also not only talks about who Christ is, but also talks about the condition or the situation that we find mm. ourselves in. Mm-hmm. A few months ago, if I can share this story, a few months yeah. ago, my parents were moving to uh, Michigan, where I live. Mm-hmm. And as a as a great child and as an awesome steward, um, <laughs> my job was uh-huh. to ha- to help to buy a house for them. Uh-huh. You know, they put me through education, la da da so I wanted to get them a house. And mm-hmm. so my wife and I were looking at homes, and we found this house that we wanted to get. Mm-hmm. We went through all the contracts. Long story short, we ended up backing out of that purchase of the home, which is like, it was a big mess. We got ourselves into a big mess. And uh, the, the people that were selling the house were threatening to sue us, and that dominated my whole life. 
right? I mean, I couldn't go to sleep. I'm like, man, I'm going to get sued. I don't have any money to pay these people. Mm -hmm. And so thankfully in my church, we have an awesome lawyer, like one of the best lawyers in the world. <laughs> I love him to death. And, uh, now you do. and yeah, now I do. <laughs> and so I did it in all these things. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm call I have some friends that thankfully are bankers and I'm calling them up. They're like, dude, you need a lawyer. You know, you need a lawyer. You need a lawyer. And so when you're hearing this from like finance experts and all these people that are your <laughs> friends, I'm like, oh, I'm in a lot of trouble. I'm in, a, I'm in a, an a enormous mess. I need a lawyer. And so, so I get this lawyer that I can't afford and he ends up helping me out for free. Amen. And, and he says, he says to me, these are the best words ever in my life. He says to me, in my experience, cases like this never go to court. They always settle out. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, thank you, God, for people like him, right, who <laughs> declare the good news. And, and we went, you know, we, we had to go, we had to go to, um, I forgot what you call it, but you're, 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 you have mediation. to talk to mediation. Yeah. yeah. We have to go through the mediation process. Mm. And as we're in the mediation process, even though I know that according to his experience, um, you know, these cases rarely go to court, having to sit down in a room where we're mediating made me aware of the fact that Israel, you're in deep trouble. You know, you need this person here next to you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and even though you're in deep trouble, he's going to help you. Mm -hmm. And the text pulls that out there in verse 16. It says, let us therefore come boldly through the throne of grace that we might have mercy and grace in the time of need. In other words, the reason why Jesus is in heaven is because there is need for mercy and grace uh, for me and you. We need mercy and grace. Mm -hmm. We are in the time of mediation. We are in the time of whatever, mm -hmm. right? And, and we are in need of a lawyer. Now, the cool thing about Jesus as a lawyer is not only is he highly qualified to represent, but he himself put himself through our experience sure. so that he also emotionally understands what sure. we're going through. I mean, he's bought houses before. He yeah. knows what it is. He knows. Yeah, he knows what it is. And now means. you don't go uh, backing out of deals anymore. Like you, you, no, you've learned your well, lesson. Well, I don't buy any more houses. You don't buy any more houses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the lessons, are, it's, it's powerful. Like we have a live streaming savior. He's real time. <laughs> this is not, there's no lag. There's no yeah. disconnected Wi-Fi. I mean, this is real time mm -hmm. stuff. Real time. Yeah. Grace. And this text pulls out and reminds us of the fact that the times in which we live right now mm -hmm. that that make us that require us to have a mediator automatically indicate that we are in a very very difficult and challenging position position of, of need of yeah. something like this yeah Absolutely. yeah awesome awesome let's let's transition to revelation chapter 14 revelation chapter 14 talks about the gospel and I guess the point is that we can be stewards and we can give to the church. And there's a lot of people out there that give out a habit, that give out a tradition, mm -hmm. and they're, quote, good church members. But there's Jesus isn't really a factor in all of this. So we're trying to center it back on Jesus. Jesus is the creator of all things. Jesus is upstairs. And now let's look at what is the task before us. Callie, can you read uh, Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 through 12? 6 through 12, mm -hmm. yes. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and springs of water. Okay, let's pause there. What's going on thus far? Jared, you want to help us out and kind of give us a... Uh a nice flyover of this passage. Yeah, so in this passage in verse 
6, Jesus is basically beginning to describe, and if I could just say, you know, all on through this, mm -hmm. it's, it's describing this time where this, this angel, and the angel is simply referring to a messenger, we understand this as being the church, okay? So this is, this is the book of Revelation, this is book not Revelation, to be taken literally, not a UFO or an actual symbolic. angel going through in the middle mm -hmm. of the earth, okay? Yep, so and it is, by the way, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, what, what you just read, Callie, is basically summed up with what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, where he says that this gospel will go as a witness to all the nations, mm -hmm. and then the yeah, end sure. will come, right? Mm -hmm. So very simply put here, starting in verse 6, here's this proclamation mm -hmm. of the everlasting gospel. It's unpacked with the, the judgment and honoring and respecting God, this call to um, worship him who made, worshiping God as creator, and this message and unpacking through the warning about um, the mark of the beast mm -hmm. and the fall of Babylon, um, in verse, I believe it's it's verse 12, where it starts talking about who are um, these people? Who are the people who do this? Who survive or who Six. are who are part of this movement? Mm -hmm. Yep. And and then in verse 14, where well, it so says, actually read verse 12. Here okay. is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have or and the faith of Jesus. You were mentioning verse 14 too. Yeah. Ver so verse 14, it says, Then I looked and behold a white cloud, and on the so cloud sat one like the Son of Man. And he's, yep. he's coming back to the earth. Yep. So Jesus takes this whole passage and he crunches it down and says, basically, the gospel is proclaimed to the whole world before, before I return mm -hmm. in power and glory. Mm -hmm. This is the detailed passage where Jesus sums it down into one simple yeah. verse in Matthew 24. Yeah, 14. so this is like a, uh, the picture of the end game. What's going to happen? The mm -hmm. gospel will go to the end of the world, okay? So connect stewardship to, to this, Israel. What's, what's yeah. the role here? Well, first, we had Jesus at the center of everything. Jesus is upstairs, and now what? Stewardship and Jesus. Jesus himself is a steward which is amazing because he is the owner and he made himself a steward, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. by example. So you have the gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached to all the world. He himself said, I have, I have come to, you know, heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free, make the lame walk again, cause the blind to see. And so you have Jesus is the, he, he proclaims the gospel. I don't know those cadences, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Uh, we, right. we're, we're with you. He yeah. says those things. Yeah, he says those things, right. So, uh, so, so Jesus himself was the steward of the gospel, right? I mean, he, he lived the gospel and he gives us that very same command. In other words, we are to be like Jesus, not just in, in, in word, but also in action. Mm -hmm. And so now we have Revelation chapter 14, verses, verses 6 and onward mm -hmm. that Jared was just expounding on, which is essentially now we have the opportunity to do exactly what Jesus did, to proclaim the gospel to the entire world. Now, we looked previously at what the gospel is in terms of the gospel is a treasure, it is something that we hold on to. And so as stewards, the proclamation of the gospel is wise stewardship. You have here is the patience of the saints. Notice the words there. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and, and, and the faith of Jesus. Yeah, they keep them. Interesting factor yes. that the stewardship yeah, right. cool. And so, and so there's stewardship yeah. involved in the, in the proclamation of the gospel. Jesus made himself a steward. He proclaimed the gospel. We are like Christ. We are supposed to be Christ-like stewards of the gospel. And we find this here in Revelation 14. Justin, I, I would say in, in Revelation 14, 12, where it talks about, describes these people, they're faithful in obedience to God. Mm -hmm. It says they also have the faith of Jesus. Mm -hmm. This isn't talking about a laundry list of teachings that Jesus taught or did. Mm -hmm. This is talking really, I think, about his quality of faith that he had, a faith that, that um, he 
um, divested himself of everything. He was willing to give. He never took for himself. I mean, this is this is a, a person. This is our deity that we worship. Okay, yeah. who when he's on the mountainside, he's he's taking food and he's multiplying the the particles, right? And he's creating food from uh, fragments, from nothing really, yeah. mm-hmm. right, to feed people. But when he's hungry, like he won't even create bread to feed himself in the mm-hmm. desert, Man, that's right? Powerful. So so he's poor himself out and if and if we have this quality of faith mm-hmm. and if we believe that Jesus is like his return to this world is eminent like how am I serving other people like yeah. what what am I doing with my time my talents my best energies like these people are not squandering these things on their own selfish comforts mm-hmm. uh, let's go to verse 12 there here mm-hmm. is the patience of the saints here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus mm-hmm. what's going on there let's let's yeah. kind of calibrate that towards, towards stewardship well it's like like Jared just like dropped this bomb on mm-hmm. like who Jesus is you know like and and in reality what, what really struck me about what you're saying, Jared, is like Jesus is an extreme example of what he asks us to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, here you have Christ feeding the multitudes, doesn't feed himself. What I love about this passage that, that you just read, Justin, is the fact that from a prophetic perspective, from a prophetic perspective, the Bible tells us in Revelation that not only is this what God wants us to be, but from a, from a prophetic reality, he's identifying a group of people who will be that. Mm-hmm. You know, and in connection with our Hebrews text that Jesus is is interceding for us. This is why he's interceding for us mm-hmm. so that we can make this text, this prophecy into a reality mm-hmm. that we would be that group of people who are so like Jesus that we take stewardship to this extreme reality where we serve, where we never serve ourselves, but only seek to serve yeah. and to minister to you others. You know, what I love about Amen. what you're mentioning is that th- this prophecy is descriptive, not prescriptive. Yeah. Sometimes we take this, we're like, dude, we yes, have yes. to be this people. We have yeah. to right. be, be the ones who have the, mm. the commandments. We're going to keep the commandments of God. I'm going to be like, and then, yeah. but it's, it's, it's a prophecy being yeah. describing right. what Jesus can make. It us says be. here, here is, yeah. it, it's in other words, it's like, Hey, this is exhibit A. Boom. This is right. the reality of what is yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also, you know, it's talking about the faith of Jesus. Jesus, It doesn't just say perfect faith. And mm. so when we understand what the faith of Jesus looks like, as we behold him, that's how we become more like him. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, like Jesus isn't saying, okay, do this. I'm going to sit here while you come up to my standard. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is there saying, I'm the perfect steward. Behold me, mm-hmm. walk with me, and I will bring you to this place. Mm-hmm. This That's is, how Jesus changes This us. is the promise that Paul gives us in Philippians 1.6. And it mm-hmm. says, being confident of this very thing, mm-hmm. that he who has begun a good work in you will, will complete, complete it, it mm-hmm. um, until the day of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're talking about. That's yes. what we're looking forward to. And he says, listen. Um, you surrender your life to me. I'm going to make this happen. I'm the high priest. I'm the one that's coming, and he will produce, as you said. He, yeah. he will do that in us. Yeah, these are sobering realities for us to really embrace in these last days. This episode, we've talked about how Jesus is the center of all things. Jesus is upstairs, and there's an end game to all this on how all these things will be ended by Jesus. Do you want to be part of that game? I want to be part of that game plan. That's my prayer. Hope you're on with us. Join us next episode here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Kelly Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. 
Until next time, this is Inverse.